Medtronic Technologies impacted more than 72 million people in the last year, equating to two people every second. Harnessing the power of technology to take healthcare further, each technology has unique benefits designed to serve patients. The goal of this program is to get closer to the patient and delve into the challenges and impact of each technology in practice. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. The McGrath Mac video laryngoscope and McGrath Mac disposable laryngoscope blades are intended to be used by trained and licensed individuals to gain a view of the vocal cords during medical procedures. Medtronic's medical education programs are offered to provide attendees education on the FDA-cleared indications and use of our products when applicable. The contents and conclusions of the following program are solely those of the speakers unless otherwise cited. The speakers are responsible for all content and necessary permissions. The speakers received funding from Covidian LP, a Medtronic company, for this speaking engagement. For this segment of the series, a discussion on safe airway management, what are some of the causes of difficult airways? To help provide insight into this topic is Dr. Adam Thaler, Department of Anesthesiology Assistant Professor at Jefferson University Hospital. So what we'll, we'll causes a difficult airway? So a couple of things. You've got the provider, the patient, or the equipment. Um, equipment, really easy. So that's if it's working, right? So uh, maybe you've got a, a glide scope, which we've had issues in the past where it needs to be plugged in. And if it's not plugged in, it's not going to work. Or, or even if you have a McGrath, you have to make sure that there's enough battery life on it. So if it's, if it's dead, it's not going to work. So equipment's key to make sure that they're, they're working. Um, how easy is it to use? We'll go over different types of video laryngoscopies in a bit, um, or different types of intubating skills, but that it's important. How easy is it to use? And accessibility. So when you have to run to the floor to intubate somebody and you're going up or down three or four flights of stairs, it's a little bit challenging to hold the glide scope or, or different types of um, videos or even the fiber optic. But if you have something where it's handheld, then it might be a little easier. Uh, patient. So this is, this one's the most common, right? So you've got somebody with tough history, right? So maybe they've got rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, and they've just poor mouth opening or Down syndrome, and they've got the subluxation or, or maybe it's, um, you know, you don't have any history because they're a COVID positive patient and you couldn't run into the room to get a good history, a good airway exam, uh, because you're, you're concerned for your own safety. Um, you know, you can also have cervical fusion patients, um, and so forth, traumas. So a lot of different patient issues. Um, and then obviously like the mount potty scores, which we'll go over shortly. And then the provider. So is, are you a novice at, at intubating? Have you done this before? I mean, it takes about 500 intubations before you're really good, 50 before you're, you're okay. And that's like what the numbers that you hear for most things to become skillful. But what you're gonna see is even, even if you're novice, it's a lot easier with that video laryngoscopy. So difficult airway characteristics, malampotty scores. So if you're malampotty three and four, so you know these are the four different classes as a lot of you guys have seen where the hard palate, the soft palate, the pillars and the uvula are the four structures you're looking for um, when you see this. And obviously you wanna make sure that the, you've got the patient sitting, open up wide um, are, are the key. You don't want them to say, ah, I used to say, say ah, because you can see a lot more, but that's not uh, what, they, what they discuss with malampotty scores. 
maybe they've limited mouth opening, right? So that could be, actually, I had a patient um, for an oral natural facial surgeon the other day, and that patient just could not open their mouth because of, of deformity. Uh, limited flexion extension, right? So that can happen because of fusions or, or the rheumatoid arthritis that we mentioned. They could have decreased uh, thyromental or, th or thernal, sternomental distance limited subluxation. Actually, subluxation is the number one sign that you're difficult to intubate. I always have my patients bite their upper lip like a bulldog. And a lot of times they, they bite their lower lip because it's kind of awkward to bite your upper lip. You don't usually do that. But subluxation is the one of the most important things to have your patients do. Uh, and then you could have a history of difficult intubations just for whatever reason. You have somebody that looks easy. Maybe they're class one. They have great range of motion and so forth. And they're just challenging. And that's where we're getting into with this slide is the unanticipated difficult airway. Uh, that's why our job can be scary sometimes is, you know, don't be fooled by what you see. Things are not always as they appear. Like this is kind of like, uh, like the little iceberg that we, we see sometimes. So this is a slide just about different M&M morbidity and mortality uh, because these are different things that we have to why, why is it important? Obviously, we all know that this is intubating is scary and in, in, in terms of, you know, if things don't go right, then the bad things are really bad. So what, is, what do I, what do we talk about with that? So the most common complications are like the hypoxia. So that's low oxygen saturation, esophageal intubation, um, less common the, that are worse are the aspiration risk. So aspiration risk, anybody that has bad reflux, hiatal hernia, gastroparesis, maybe uh, dysphagia. So those are the, those people I would want to do more of like a rapid sequence intubation. Um, severe hypoxia, obviously it's worse than uh, hypoxia. That's it takes a little longer to intubate. Or maybe they start low. I mean, the COVID patients, they're already starting with a low SAD and they can drop really fast. I had a patient yesterday in MRI, you know, right during our rapid sequence intubation, the guy dropped into the 50s. We got the tube right in but it was a little bit hectic just because he had a complete whiteout of his, one of his lungs. Um, and then cardiac arrest obviously is the worst thing. So unanticipated difficulties during the intubation and failure to intubate are among the leading causes. So this is a really cool study over here where from 2002 to 2015, and remember what we showed earlier, the Glyscope came around around 2001, and then you've got the other video laryngoscopy such as the McGrath, Store CMAC that came around. That's that's kind of where I'm getting. At, whereas the rate of difficult intubation dropped from 6.6 to 1.6 out of a thousand. What do I mean by difficult? Difficult means you've had more, greater than three attempts, right? So you could have had an attempt with a Mac three blade, then you got out your Mac four blade because you thought maybe it'd be deeper. Then you switch providers, and then after then they maybe switch to a Miller or a video. That's what I mean by difficult. Failed intubations dropped by from 0.2 out of 1,000 to 0.06. So that's great. That's, that's very, very important. Um, what I mean by failed, unsuccessful intubations, right? So you had to awaken them or you had to do surgical. And I'll tell you, the worst case I've ever had personally is one month into my um, job here at Jefferson, we had a patient who... Uh, was intubated by initially a medical student and it went into the esophagus. The patient stat was still appropriate. Then the resident had an attempt and he also failed. We weren't getting any 
and tile CO2 and the stats started dropping into the 90s. He wasn't sure if he was in the trachea or not. So then I took over. Uh, by the time I took over, I'm trying to ventilate the patient. The patient wasn't ventilating. I couldn't ventilate anymore. So now we're running into that cannot intubate, cannot ventilate situation. Um, obviously, we call in for help. We get a video laryngoscopy. I take a look, but at that point, the airway was a little bit um, mucked up a little bit. So it made it challenging to, to get in. And then uh, patients started dropping their sat even further to the point where we needed to call for um, a slash crike. So surgical airway, um, the patient fortunately did survive. You know, we got the airway and it ended up being a severe bronchospastic issue. Um, but I look back at it and I wish that we went right to the video laryngoscopy. It would have been no issue whatsoever there. And instead the patient dropped their ejection fraction to 10% with an echo that we did intra-op. We had the patient go into the ICU for a week on the vent and the patient ended up being discharged after eight, nine days afterwards, didn't have the surgery. And it was just one of those things where it kind of showed me, you know, how can this have been avoided? Um, and so looking at this, we discussed a little bit that I'm sure a lot of you have seen these oxygen desaturation curves, right? So how long do we have to intubate, right? So the, the reason why we have our patients breathe for maybe two minutes of tidal volume breaths or just four vital capacity breaths is to really increase that FiO2. So then they have longer um, for us to, when they're not breathing, uh, for us to intubate. So a lot of times when you intubate, the patient's still 100%, even if you're having a, a difficult time for a few minutes. And that's the normal 70 kilogram adult. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to get into like a normal 10 kilogram child, right? That's the little baby or an obese adult. You've got a lot less time. You can have four minutes, moderately ill. I mean, that could be six minutes. It could be a lot less. And now you talk about the COVID patients. Those guys drop like a rock. They drop their sat within a minute or two after you induce. So this is very um, variable um, and can be really, really hectic. Please tune in next week for a new segment from this series wherever you find your podcast. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. Thank you for listening.